listening to The Journey with your host, Dr. Monica Y. Jackson, Ph.D., on the CWR Network. Have you ever had a vision of where you want it to be? Of course you have. We all have. Some of us realize our vision and some of us do not. Rarely do we stop to think about the journey, and we may find ourselves in painful, dark places. I don't know about you, but I am so tired of people dying on me. I'm tired of people undergoing medical treatment and not getting better. I'm tired of people being wounded by the church, community, and society. I'm tired of people turning a blind eye, condoning wrongdoing, and failing to think for themselves. The journey is real talk, real issues, real people in the real world. Welcome to The Journey. I am your host, Dr. Monica. May you eat and live healthily after the journey. Today's topic is to immunize or not immunize your child's food, faith, and future. And our special guest today is Dr. Tony Antonacci. Welcome back to The Journey, Dr. Tony. Great to be with you, Monica. Thank you. I love your introduction. Thank you. And there's a lot of controversy about immunizations, and in fact, we've just experienced a flu epidemic that resulted in many deaths around the world, and some were linked to people who elected to take to the, take the influenza vaccine and those who elected to forego the immunization. So there's definitely confusion and uh, about immunizations and differing perspectives. And in fact, many doctors and pediatricians will not touch this or even discuss this topic publicly because they fear that they're jeopardized, their medical license, and have negative repercussions. However, I am so excited that Dr. Tony stands on the scripture of fear not and is willing to empower our listeners. So thank you once again, Dr. Tony, for being so brave to discuss this topic. Sure. So Let's get right into this topic. You know, let's start with the basics. What are immunizations and their purpose? Well, first of all, let's let's uh, play a little semantics game. There's no such thing as an immunization. Vaccines have never, um, do not, and will never provide immunity. And that's why there's uh, booster shots, and that's why they're coming up with an adult vaccine schedule because they know that at best, if there's any immunity conveyed by vaccines, it's two to five years. Um, What a vaccine is supposed to do, it's supposed to contain an agent uh, that resembles a disease-causing microorganism from a weakened or killed forms of a microbe or toxin. And toxin is the, the word that we need to focus on. And its purpose is to stimulate the body's immune system Um, recognizing these microorganisms and then destroying them. Regrettably, that does not happen. That's not what vaccines do. And if you understand what the ingredients are in a vaccine, you would be quite um, uh, probably hesitant to put these into your bodies, into your body. So we have aluminum, we have ethyl mercury, formaldehyde, glycol ether, which is a paint solvent, bovine cow serum, MSG, polysorbate 80, which is a neurotoxin, chicken embryo cells, monkey kidney cells, genetically modified organisms, 
glyphosate, which is a pesticide and herbicide, and the all-important aborted human fetal cells. So you're putting, a, you're injecting another human being into your child's body, and you're hoping that we're going to create some type of immunity, and that just doesn't happen. Wow. I hope our listeners are clearly hearing this, all of the, the ingredients that are in immunizations. And, you know, we're going to digress just for a little bit. You know, based on the ingredients that are in immunizations today, were immunizations ever effective? No. In fact, um, if if you really understand uh, vaccines, the diseases were well on their way down prior to any vaccine ever being introduced, to include measles, which we now we have, you know, this epidemic in measles, which is a complete myth, especially what happened at Disneyland a few years ago. Um, vaccines were not the reason we these diseases started to come down. It was because of better hygiene, better water supplies, better food supplies, and that's that's the World Health Organization has even said that, in, to include uh, Gavi, and so um, it's a total myth. The, if you want to, if you want to hand over the reason uh, diseases were were eradicated or went down, it was because of the plumber. <laughs> it's because we had better water supply and better hygiene. Period. And, and you know, this is. I, I think this should floor many of our listeners, and particularly, uh, I have reached out to many pediatricians and other doctors to discuss this topic and they, you know, flat out just said no, they wouldn't. But I think what really disturbs me is that many of them say, well, if the child is healthy, then then there's no reason to not immunize them. And in fact, they even quote uh, you know, statistics from the American Academy of Pediatricians that say that vaccines are 90 to 99 percent effective in preventing disease. And so, you know, what you are discussing here is uh, totally the opposite of what they are saying. How do you respond to a doctor that that provides those statistics and make these statements? Well, first of all, I don't know where they're getting their statistics from. That's a complete and, and egregious lie because the actual quote from the American Pediatrics Academy, if you if you watch the Moody movie for a greater good, the actual quote is official data has shown that the large-scale vaccinations undertaken in the U.S. have failed to obtain any significant improvement of the diseases for which they were supposed to provide immunization. In essence, it was a failure. And Dr. Albert Sabin, who is the inventor of the polio vaccine, said the exact same thing. So I don't know who, what, what pediatrician is. First of all, pediatricians are courtesans for the um, uh, vaccine makers, period. They make, if a pediatrician wouldn't, wouldn't provide vaccines, they would fail miserably in practice. It's a million-dollar-a-year industry for a single pediatrician. That's how much money they're making. And 80% of them don't vaccinate their children if they're honest, which they're not. That's why they, that's why they won't come on the show with you, because they, they, they know they're going to have to lie, period. Wow. Yeah, and and that's, that's actually scary. It really is um, because we have some very close friends that are, you know, pediatricians, and, you know, they flat out will not discuss this topic. And, of course. And, you know, 
<laughs> it's amazing. And I just want to throw out some more statistics and, and discuss those. You know, the Center for Disease and Control recommends 29 doses of nine vaccines plus annual flu shots after six months old, the kids that are zero to six. And, you know, the laws are, are mandating this. Uh, what are the laws right now with respect to vaccinations, and are there any ways to get around those? Well, first of all, let me correct your statistics. You're, you're quoting statistics from 1983. The, the, okay. the, the current statistics as of 2017, which is just two months ago, it's 50 doses of 14 vaccines by age six and 70 wow. doses of 16 vaccines by age 18. As a result, <clears throat> four in five, 83% of vaccine injury cases through the, that, that were settled through the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which uh, President Reagan signed in 1986, from <clears throat> November 16 to August 17, were flu-related vaccine cases. So we know that the vaccines are causing this issue. In terms of autism, we know that 20, we have a 23% increase from 2014 to 2017, one in 28 boys now have autism. 86% of adults with autism, unemployable. 44% intellectual disabilities. 40% cannot speak. 33% have seizures. When these people, when these children's parents die, where are these adults going to go? Who's going to house them? Or are we going to throw them in the street like we do the mentally ill in this country? So this is a serious issue. The CDC has skewed results. Dr. Thompson came out that came out with that uh, in 2014, who's a senior epidemiologist that came out and said we are skewing the results that MMR is not causing autism, and it is. There is no doubt, and that's what I've seen in my practice, and that's what I've seen with patients. Now, in, as, as far as the laws are concerned, most states in this in this country have religious beliefs waiver, philosophical beliefs waiver, and medical beliefs waiver. There's only three states that live in this archaic world of, of Nazism, and that's Mississippi, West Virginia, and California. We only have a medical, beliefs, um, a medical waiver, which means you have to go to a pediatrician to get them to sign off on your child to opt out of vaccines. That's like getting the Pope to turn Mormon. It's not going to happen. Now, there are, there are pediatricians out there that will consider it, but like Dr. Robert Sears and Dana Point, the, uh, the American Medical Association and the California Medical Association are coming after his license because he is opting out uh, children uh, for certain reasons. So, I mean, if you, you have to ask the pediatrician the following questions. Do we have time for this? or? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. You you have to ask. There was a time where you would go to your pediatrician, and if your child had just a little bit of a sniffle or a fever, they would not vaccinate because they knew the immune system was compromised and the vaccine could cause a problem. They don't do that anymore. And if you they they'll pump your child full of vaccine. You have to ask that doctor, <clears throat> is my child sick? You have to ask that doctor. Um, has my child ever had a bad reaction 
to vaccination before, and the doctors will always deny that there's any reaction to vaccines. They will always do it. That's why to the National Vaccine Event Reporting System, which President Reagan signed in 1986, only 1% of vaccine reactions get reported because pediatricians refuse to report the vaccine reactions. A fever, a a seizure, a a crying, these are reactions. That should not happen. But when you're putting adjuvants like aluminum and neurotoxins into the system, something's going to happen, and that's why we have more neurodegenerative diseases in children today than we've ever had. One in 28 boys, 20 years ago it was one in 10,000. Why in the last 28 years, or why in the last 20 years do we have such an increase? So you have to ask the doctor about, I want to know all the information, I want to know everything that's in a vaccine, the, the, regrettably, you ask your pediatrician or your pharmacist or the nurse or the MA that's injecting that vaccine, and they don't know what's in a vaccine. Correct, correct, correct. It's and, pretty and scary. It's fun. It is. It absolutely is. But even to your point, um, there are many times you can ask them about any other drugs, and they don't know, but your your pharmacist knows. So I, I no. totally agree with you on that. Um, now, you know, Dr. Tony, you, you mentioned, you know, here in California, you know, we don't have these, these waivers. How do you advise your patients these days? <laughs> well, um, here's the problem. You know, now it, it is true, no shots, no school. So mm-hmm. we, I have patients that are moving out of the state or they're choosing oh. to homeschool. The problem with that is that they are in the process of creating laws to go after homeschoolers as well. And private schools are not exempt. So people think, well, my child's in a private school, I'm exempt. No, you're not. uh, The only way you're exempt now is if you homeschool. The problem is they're coming after that. There are 200 vaccines in the pipeline being ready ready to be fast-tracked as we speak. They're creating vaccines for baldness, (laughs) vaccines for toe fungus, I mean, because it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it provides absolutely no benefit. So consider this. You have a business that makes billions and billions of dollars a year, provides absolutely no benefit because vaccines do not provide immunity at all. And I I will tell you this. I've had this offer on the table, Monica, for 30 years. I've been in practice 32 years. 30 years ago, when I really got involved in the vaccine issue, I put out $50,000 on the table, and I said, I will debate any pediatrician any time, and there's $50,000 on the table, and they've got to bring it, and and I still have that offer. Robert F. Kennedy, last year in January, put out $100,000 if anyone could bring him a study that showed the efficacy and the safety of vaccines. To date, no one has been able to do that. Not the CDD, not the CDC, not the World Health Organization. No one to include that courtesan, Paul Offit, who claims to be the bastion of vaccine safety and efficacy. He's made millions and millions of dollars off his rotavirus vaccine, which has killed millions of children around the world. <clears throat> wow. You know, I, I hope our listeners are listening, and I and I hope someone steps up to this challenge and, and debates with Dr. Tony or and um, you know get to the bottom of this because the realities of, of immunizations and you know he's stating there's there's no benefit. And if you listen to our episode last week, we had a gentleman on there on the program whose son is autistic, 
And what they were told is that it was genetic from that both the mother and the father carried some type of gene that contribute to the child's autism, and the child also has undergone immunizations as well. In that discussion, um, how likely is that, Dr. Tony? That's a complete egregious lie. There's no such wow. thing. They're coming up with everything today. They're, they're, they're saying that the uh, genetically modified foods are causing it, and it could. It could be that as well. I think that's a contributory factor. But to say this nonsense of that it's genetic, I mean, then, then we go back to the discussion. Then you have to go back to the Genome Project from, from 2004, which was a federally funded uh, research project to determine that all diseases – were hereditary or genetic, because that's what I was taught in school 40 years ago. So the, they stopped the, the um, project because they came up and they said, wait a second, 95 to 98% of all disease is lifestyle, all disease. This is a federally funded genome project from two, 2004. In 2008, the American Cancer Association came, a Society came out and said, 98% of all cancer is lifestyle. So that goes back. You can put that back into those pediatricians that say it's genetic. What about the genome project? And then if you ask them about that, they'll just they'll deny it. They'll, they'll say, well, anybody can put the information out. That's, that's a federally funded project. And you're saying yeah. the federal government is lying? <laughs> wow. Of course they are. And, and they it, are anyway. And when you talk about lifestyle, um, you know, all disease or lifestyle, you know, when we look back over, you know, previous generations and those that lived off the land and, you know, tilled the land and made their, you know, own foods, and we have all these preservatives and things that are, you know, that we have today. So when they lived hundreds of years, you know, and so, you know, I would tend to agree that, you know, it is definitely lifestyle. And, you know, speaking of lifestyle, uh, what can we do with respect to our lifestyle? and alternatives to immunizations. How can we keep our children and keep healthy? Well, we have this really cool thing that the Celestial Design Committee put in <laughs> your body when, when God created you. It's called the immune yes. system. And yes. instead of <laughs> destroying it like allopathic medicine has done for the last 50 years, why don't we try building it up through proper nutrition, exercise, <laughs> uh, rest, faith? Why don't we do that? You know, our, our, our acronym is NERF. Nutrition is the medicine, which it is. Um, Hippocrates said that in 375 B.C., and that's the supposed father of modern medicine. The problem is allopathic uh, doctors, or now they're not even called doctors, they're called providers because all they do is provide disease management with drugs. So they have totally forgotten about that. They, don't, they still don't believe that nutrition has anything to do with health. They don't believe that exercise has anything to do with health. The, what you were referring to with people from 100, 150 years ago, they were eating good quality, wholesome food. They were, they were working the land, so they were moving their bodies. They were resting, and these people were steeped in faith. You have to have all four of those things in order to have a healthy lifestyle. The problem is 90% of our, our, our society is going to these allopathic quacks that don't have an understanding of health, nor do they understand what an immune system is. We've been destroying it forever. And so you got to go back to the basics. And we've gotten so far away from that because health doesn't make any sense. 
but it may, you know, disease makes a lot of dollars. I mean, health makes sense, but it doesn't make a lot of dollars. And that is so true. Um, you know, we have been talking on the journey that if we are healthier society, we wouldn't need a lot of the hospitals, the doctors, the pharmaceutical companies, and the drugs that we have. And, you know, it is so important for us to be our own advocates um, because, you know, this makes sense, and we have to use our common sense, and I think people have forgotten how to think and use common sense these days, and um, that's so important. And, Dr. Tony, can you just share, you know, what have you seen in your practice? Can you share some examples of children that have come to you who've gone through immunizations and, and how you have helped them? Well, it depends on the, the degree of the damage from the vaccine. So we've had we, we we've had everything from perfectly healthy two-year-old child meeting all of its milestones. All of a sudden, it goes in for um, their their uh, their vaccine schedule, and specifically an MMR. And with hours, they turn into a zombie. They turn into not communicating, not making eye contact. Depending on the cumulative toxic load, in fact, there was a great study done two years ago, and it's on, it's on, it's, uh, on my website, actually. It's by Dr. Klassen. That talks, he specifically talks about the cumulative toxic load of the ingredients in the vaccine that I referred to earlier as causing these neurodegenerative diseases. And that is the problem. When you bring a child in, let's say you bring a child in to your pediatrician and you missed one of the vaccine scheduled appointments. And let's say they were supposed to have four vaccines that day and you come in, you know, six months later and they're supposed to have four more. They're going to pump that kid full of eight vaccines. That's what they're going to do to get caught up. That child's immune system may not be able to handle that. So you've overloaded it with cumulative toxins. It's like anything else. Cancer is a a lifestyle disease because of our sad American diet in this country, lack of rest, lack of exercise. And so it's the same thing with a child. You can't can't put that many vaccines in a two-year-old with all those ingredients that I talked about and, and think that something negative is not going to happen. And, you know, Dr. Tony, that's common sense because, you know, even in the prescription drug that you take, Many of them tell you, you know, if you skip the dose, don't double up. And so if we are, you know, so you can't catch up. You just start back where you left off. So if we are, you know, trying to catch the child up, I mean, I mean, that's common sense that it should have an impact on the child. So I hope our listeners are clearly listening and hearing what Dr. Tony is saying. And um, so what would be your recommendations for parents at this time when it comes to immunizations and taking care of their children and and keeping them healthy? Well, first of all, stop taking your children to pediatricians. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Monica, but pediatricians, uh, really, all they are are dispensary for vaccines and antibiotics. Both of those, I mean, there are times where antibiotics are definitely necessary, but the majority of the time they're not because they're handing them out for middle ear infections, which is a viral infection, not a bacterial infection. So, and, and pediatricians really have, I mean, most MDs don't have any clue of how to reta- return a person back to health. Um, so I, I personally, would, I, I didn't vaccinate my children. I, I never took my children to a pediatrician because I knew what I was going to get, which was nothing. And you have to feed your children properly. When you're working 
12 hours a day you drop your child off to child care or somebody else and they feed them top ramen and mac and cheese and McDonald's, what do you expect is going to happen? You cannot eat these foods. You, you have to feed your children healthy foods. You have to love your children, and you have to be there for them. And we live in a society now where everybody has gotten all caught up into material wealth. And so from the time their child is six months old, they're dropping them off at daycare, and their child grows up with a teacher eight hours a day instead of the mother and the father. So we've got to get back to the basics of a natural life, and we're not living that anymore. And I blame the parents for, um, for this egregious behavior on their part because they've got to have the BMW and the Audi and the Mercedes, and meanwhile they neglect their children. <clears throat> yes, I you know I agree. It is definitely a societal problem in you know busy lifestyles and chasing after things and uh, getting caught up in you know what we think we should have. You know it's it's a problem and it's impacting our health and and you know it, it is so important. So I thank you, Doctor Tony, for you know being so open and transparent about this topic. And um, my final question to you would be. What would you like to see with respect to this topic? What would you like to see, you know, parents doing? What would you like to see, you know, the, the medical profession doing? Not that it's going to happen, but we hope that, you know, if we put it out there, maybe someone listening will take this and, and, and move forward and make some changes. Well, first of all, I'd like to see the federal government uh, tell the truth instead of lying to people. I'd like to see the allopathic medical community tell the truth instead of lying to people. I mean, when when President Trump, and, and this is not a, a, a political statement or an opinion on President Trump, it, I, I am totally apolitical because it's such a cartoon. I just sit back and watch the, the, the characters run by. But when he first... Uh, came into the presidency, he, he summoned Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who, who now has the World Mercury Project, um, and he said, I want to convene a commission on the safety and efficacy of vaccines. And uh, Mr. Kennedy showed up, they had a meeting, and uh, that got shut down very, very quickly by the pharmaceutical companies who own all the politicians in Washington, they own the entire media. That's why you see we're the only country in the world other than New Zealand that every other commercial you see on TV is a drug commercial. You go to any, we were just in South Africa for, for a week. You don't see any drug commercials on TV. You don't see drug commercials in Mexico or, or Canada or anywhere else. We're the only ones that, and then people go into their MD and go, I saw this commercial, I want that drug. So what I want to see is the truth, not a bunch of egregious lies that are perpetrated by the allopathic community for money. It's all about monetary gain. It has nothing to do with health care or them caring about your children. In fact, they care more about the money than they care about your children, period. You better un your listeners better understand that. We live in a very different time now. You know, when I was a little kid, the pediatrician would come to your home with his black bag and really care for you, and he would talk about lifestyle. Now it's just a prescription right away. Wow. And I hope our listeners are clearly hearing this, and as we, as a reminder, the journey is real talk about real issues in the real world, and, you know, this topic is definitely a real topic, and, you know, you can take it and believe it or not, but uh, we are seeing some of the devastations associated with, uh, you know, the, the buying into 
what we have, you know, I'm being brainwashed by what we have been taught growing up. And, you know, I too went through immunizations and immunized my child and that's because we didn't know any better, but thank God that, you know, there was no effects from it. So Dr. Tony, uh, we're almost wrapping up our 30 minute uh, episode. Are there any final remarks that you would like to share? Well, I would I would uh, direct your your listeners to uh, Barbara Lowe Fisher's website, which is National Vaccine Information Center. It's nvic.org. Um, if it wasn't for Barbara Lowe Fisher, we would not have the voice that we have. She um, she had a vaccine damaged child in the 80s, and um, she has uh, conferences back in Washington D.C. Uh, she's had such great doctors as Andrew Wakefield there that made the original connection and all this media nonsense about Dr. Wakefield being a charlatan. I've, I have personally met with Dr. Wakefield, and um, this is just all hype. The other thing I would do is direct your listeners to the World Mercury Project, which is uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s um, website, and he talks. He will. You will see the corrupt the corrupt actions of the CDC and the, our federal government in there. <clears throat> wow. Well, I hope our listeners will clearly um, tune into those resources and check those resources out, the World Mercury Project, as well as the uh, nvic.org uh, website. And so, Dr. Tony, again, I thank you for your time and your wealth of knowledge and experience and just being transparent today. So thank you again for tuning in and joining us this morning. And this is Dr. Monica. This is Dr. Monica signing off until next time. Join us every first and third Tuesday from 6:30 p.m. until 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Our next episode airs Tuesday, March 6th, and the topic is eating out, making wise food choices without sacrificing taste. Our special guest will be Executive Chef Bill Blackburn. So until next time, may you eat and live healthily after the journey.